I have a question for you. Do you consider yourself part of the sheeple who just go along with whatever they tell you on TV or the talking heads tell you? Or do you like to make decisions for yourself? Because today, I'm going to peel back that curtain and wait until you see what I found. I'm, I can't even believe it myself to tell you the truth. But I'm going to show you the truth about the state of the financial markets, not the puppet show that they're playing for you out on mainstream media. I'm going to show you the true foundation of the system and the true status as they are today with the Dow making all time highs yet again. Why? They just stopped reporting on two major indicators of the health of the foundation of the market, but they did it really, really quietly. Then you can make your own decision about what you're going to do next. Coming up. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service, physical gold and silver dealer specializing in custom strategies. But I got to tell you, days like today are why I was put on this earth. Just wait until you see what I found. I mean, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps already. Thank goodness I find it, found it now, but wait until you see. Because the reality is, regardless of what they blah, blah, blah say to you, the bond market breakdown is actually accelerating. It's getting worse. And the Fed, they're losing control. They already lost the confidence. But, you know, we've been talking about the rising bond rates right? The 10-year treasury, which is the foundation and the largest market in the entire world. It's the foundation of the global financial system. So its health is critical to everything else. And of course, we know what's been happening and all of the excuses. But what is interesting is here we come again with the repo rates for the newest on run. Remember, I've, I've talked about this before, but a lot of you may be new to this. So if you bear with me, because it's that critical that you understand what's happening right now, there basically are two parallel treasury markets. One is on the run, which means these are brand new bonds that the government's issuing. And we know they've been issuing trillions and trillions and they're not stopping, trillions of dollars worth. And then there's off the run, which are bonds that have already been issued, but they're in the secondary market. So if you have an IRA or a 401k or a pension plan or an insurance contract or something like that, then you probably are holding some of these off the run treasuries, which typically carry a little bit higher yield than the on the run. Okay, so the repo rate 
for the on the run, the newest 10 years plunged below minus 3% penalty level. There are regulations. We've talked about the repo markets before, and we've talked about derivatives, and we've talked about the fact that that everything in this system is contract-based. Don't worry, there's going to be some smart contracts. That's another conversation for another day. But in these contracts, if you make a commitment, you have to deliver on that commitment or it's going to cost you 3%. So let me, I'll, I'll go into this a little bit more. Let me just continue. The cost of borrowing U.S. Treasury 10-year notes continue to spiral higher. Let me do a little bond thing, okay? These are interest rates. These are the principal value of the treasury. So when yields go higher, right? When yields go up, the principal value of the bond goes down. When yields go down, the principal value of the bonds go up. And so in the current interest rate environment, we've been in a 30-year bull market where interest rates on the 10-year started at something like 15%. And now, you know, they're anchored at zero. So that means that in all of those retirement plans, insurance plans, et cetera, pension plans, that the value, the current value of that principal is really, really high, really, really overvalued. So in this interest rate environment where interest rates have been going up and your portfolio is valued on this, this is what's happening. The principal value is going down. That is not a good thing. But if you're going to borrow 10-year treasuries, the costs are going up to borrow that, right? The interest rate on overnight cash loans, overnight, short term, overnight, plummeted below that minus 3% uh, number. And that's the threshold below which it is cheaper to pay that regulatory fine. It's cheaper to pay that 3% than to go into the open market buy the bonds, it costs them more. It costs them four, actually four and a quarter percent to buy those bonds to deliver on the overnight contract. I know this is complicated. I really, I get that. Just know that, that this is not good. <laughs> what is happening is like really, really bad. So again, Anything, if it costs you four and a quarter percent to go out and buy the bond and complete that contract, you would rather pay the 3% fine because it's less money out of your pocket. But negative rates period means that you are paying to loan somebody money and to loan and to take that risk versus getting compensated for taking that risk. You know, forget compensation. And it is a, it's an indication of a huge demand for shorts. Now, shorts means that you're selling something that you don't own. So if I think interest rates are going up, right? If I think interest rates are going up, 
then I'm going to sell the bond here when it's more expensive because in theory, I'm going to be able to buy it back here and the difference between the two is a profit. So what that really, here's the bottom line of that. Wall Street thinks that rates are going to continue to go up. Wall Street thinks that the all of this money that's being sloshed around in the system is inflationary. Even though the talking heads want to come out and say, well, no, it, it's just rates are going up because things are getting so much better in the economy. I mean, we're opening it up and things are just rosy and great. Garbage, garbage, garbage. You cannot create all of this money. Look at what's happened in Texas. Um, and I'll, I'll talk more about that on a future video. But all of this money for free means lots and lots and lots of speculation. And this is not an investor's market. It hasn't been an investor's market. I'm going to show you that in a second. This is a speculative market. Well, why not? If you're getting the money for free, what are the consequences? Hey, if you don't deliver out, all right, it's a 3%. If you are going to pay off and deliver and deliver out on that contract as you're supposed to, then it'll cost you four and a quarter. Be very interesting to see what happens when smart contracts are put in place. I don't know if they're going to have the option to do one or the other. I don't know. But continuing on with that same thing, the turmoil in the treasuries has been marked by a drop in liquidity. In other words, entities that want to hedge funds, uh, insurance companies, banks, etc., that actually wanted to go in and buy the bonds, they're not available. That's lack of liquidity. Negative interest rates means the investor lending the cash ends up having to pay instead of getting compensated. But here's the piece that we were talking about. Daily treasury repo fails. In other words, you have a contract, you're supposed to deliver out the bonds. Oops, didn't deliver out the bonds, fails. This is a graph on those fails. It only goes back, I tried to find one that went back longer. I'm sorry, I could not. It only goes back to like uh, August of 2020. So I wish it went back even further. But you can see how in November, here's a nice big spike. Again, in December, you got a nice big spike. And look at this. This just happened last week. Huge spike in fails. Now, look, the funny thing about all of this is, is how many new bonds the governments are issuing. Our government, the U.S. government, is issuing tons and tons of new bonds. And yet, they're having trouble getting their hands on the newly issued on-the-run bonds. In the meantime, if you have any in your portfolio, those are off the run. Those are not as desirable. The rate to borrow, that 10-year security in the repo market so that you could complete your contract, four and a quarter percent. So you see the difference. This past week has seen tepid demand, lest you only think it's in the U.S., this past week has seen tepid demand for sovereign government debt offerings from Indonesia to Japan and Germany, with bond markets sitting on a powder keg, according to Ng. 
and they expect rates to go to 2%. Now, you're probably sitting there and going, oh, what's 2%? Big deal. Well, here's the problem. We talked about this a little bit last week, but the average yield on stocks is 1.57%. And so the justification for stock markets at all-time high valuations, severely overvalued, was relatively speaking. Well, yeah, if, you've get, if you're getting zero interest on a bond, then it certainly makes sense to put your money in the stock so that you generate higher interest. So that's why when we saw the 10-year go to that one, one and a half percent, and it's, it's above that now, it's like at 1.6 at the moment, but that's why you saw the stock market start to, tr to struggle because this is hard for me to say, but supposedly the perceived safety of government bonds, if you're getting a better yield, why would you take the risk in stocks? Frankly, they're all risky. I mean, it's, it's, it's all really, 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 really risky, but that's the problem. It's a problem for the stock markets when bond yields go up because it makes it less attractive. And in this severely overvalued environment, you would see, you would notice a stock market crash because mainstream media talks about it all the time. What other overvalued market could be impacted by rising rates? Oh, I don't know, how about real estate? They can justify the lofty prices that people are paying because it's more affordable since interest rates are in the toilet. But I remember when I first got my very first, bought my first house, it would have been 19, let's see, I was first married in 77. So I think it was like 79 or 80, something like that. It was before I had my daughters. So it was somewhere in there. And I paid 12% for my mortgage. What do you think a 12% mortgage would do right now to these lofty real estate valuations? We'll kill it. And this market, the real estate market's already in a deep doo-doo. Now they've postponed the evictions. They've postponed the mortgage moratorium or where they've uh, upheld those, extended those, I should say, the mortgage moratoriums in an attempt to keep a floor underneath this market and keep all of these markets bubblishing up. But what do you think would happen if somebody went to buy a house and instead of having to pay, you know, 2%, they now have to pay five, six, 7% means they can afford less house. So I showed you how rising rates impacts the bond market, the stock market, the real estate market, and that means all of those 640 trillion notional value derivatives that are based on interest rates and all of these contracts and all of that. Rising bond rates threaten to topple the whole market. And that is global. and they think it's gonna go to 2%. It'll go a lot higher when the central banks fully lose control. Now, this 
is showing worsening liquidity. I'm, a, I'm about to show you the to tools that I used to use that they're just not available anymore. But this is the bid offer, okay? So when you, when you sell something, there's a bid. And when you want to buy something, there's an offer. And the difference between the two is the spread. And you can see how it was actually, this only goes back to 2016. I wish they would give me longer term graphs in this. And I couldn't pull this up any other way, but you never know what I'll find when I start to look. Okay, you can see what happened in March of 2020, so a year ago. And look at what's happening again right here. Okay, there's a problem, no doubt about it. Liquidity in the 21 trillion treasury market, which underpins the global financial system, is under scrutiny following last week's startling gyrations and weak auction demand. The gap between bid and offer prices for 30-year bonds hit the week widest since the panic of March 2020, right? So you've got a double whammy that's working on this. I mean, oh, wait, let's not change behavior. Let's just hide what's happening. All right, I want you guys to bear with me on this. If you've been watching me for a while, this is a graph that you will be familiar with. It's the TYVIX, which is the 10-year treasury volatility index. So as I'm doing my work, um, I'll explain this and I'll show you where we are right now. But I want to break it down into three sections, probably could be broken down into four, but I want to break it down into three sections. The first one, when they came out with this index in 2003. Now keep in mind that the Federal, Rever uh, Federal Reserve first bought U.S. government 10-year treasuries in December of 2002. So it was already starting, uh, we already started a phase where there were not enough buyers of our treasuries, okay? But the index came out in 2003. Now, can you see that over here what you have, it kind of probably looks like dots to you, it's like little dashes. There it is in a bigger view, and you can kind of see how it's a little dash. And that indicates the price movement. So you wake up in the morning and a treasury is priced at this, and when you go to bed at night, yeah, there's a teeny weeny little different. That is stable, right? And you can see that between 2003 and 2007, there are all those little dashes. But then 2008 happened. And so we went from those dashes to these centrally controlled markets. And the central banks admitted that they were coming in and managing the markets. So you can see how we went from dashes to how we went from lines. So the price action was more volatile, but still in a controlled manner. Can you see that? Kind of looks controlled because the central banks we're managing that uh, up until 2013. And that's when the real fun began, okay? So here's 2013. We see the dashes. We see the up and down lines. Look at the extremes. Now, this one I happen to have on hand because they stopped publishing this index, which I'm going to show you. 
So just to kind of get a handle and wrap this up, uh, and I'll read the SIBO 10-year U.S. Treasury note volatility index is estimate is an estimate of the expected 30-day volatility of the price of the SIBO futures on 10-year notes. So the these are all contracts. They're all paper contracts, easy to create, cheap to create, etc. So if this were an EKG, I'd say we're having a heart attack. What do you think? Let me just kind of make that bigger for you. Here's your dashes. Here's your lines. Here are your extreme lines. And this only went through 2016. So here's that chart again. When I went in to pull it up, gone. We didn't find any symbols containing that. I'm like, what? I have data on that. So I went in and I looked further. Hmm. And what I saw, this is from the Fed, the Federal Reserve, that it was discontinued on 5-15-2020. This is 2008. This is 2020. Off the charts. They had to get rid of it. Now, okay, so this is actually... Uh, bear with me on this because I'm going to do an experiment. So I have to close this down, right? Okay. And then go into... Oh, there it is. Okay. So I went to the SIBO and I managed... The, I couldn't find a lot of information on it. I mean, it just, this, this index just went, voop, it just vanished. But I went back in and I managed to find the underlying spreadsheet where they tracked the uh, interest rates and therefore the volatility. And you can see where I yellowed it out. Oh, there you go. This is working pretty good. Okay, you can see where I yellowed it out. And there you go. Now, I'm just going to keep scrolling down. You see it now. All of a sudden, it just is blank. 4.71. Nothing's happening. They are not recording anything. They do not want to show anything even as all of this stuff is unfolding until December 1st of 2020. Now, they're still not reporting it to the public, but all of a sudden, they started to track it again. I cannot tell you why, but I can tell you it's gone up pretty substantially, like hundreds of percent. So then how do I, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, what does this mean? I can't tell you what it means because I don't really know, but I think something extraordinarily nasty this way comes. They're going to pump out a whole bunch of treasuries now to hide what's really happening in this market, but ignorance does not make you immune. It just leaves you vulnerable. They know way more about this stuff than than I certainly do, than most people certainly do. But that is, what I just saw is not a good indication. They're tracking it because they know that it's about to get insane here. Oops, now I gotta go back in here to the PowerPoint. Let's go back to the PowerPoint. It's not letting me. I, I'm full screen. <laughs> Can you see it? 
I do not see it. <laughs> That is so weird. I'm sorry. This was an experiment. Okay, now I see it. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, it, it's, it was a new thing that I tried because I really, really, really wanted to be able to scroll and actually show you that spreadsheet. But you know what this is not going to let me do? Because it's not letting me back. I'm sorry, you're hearing the, this is totally live. That totally was an experiment. I don't know how I'm going to be able to change the slides because it's not really letting me do that. <laughs> okay, forgive us for just a second here. Where'd you go? Wait, I'm sorry about that. Okay, thank you very much. This is why I have to have a techie. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Now, on top of that, you guys remember back in September of 2019 when the repo market exploded and I kept pulling up all of the reports from the Fed of how much money they were pumping in, pumping in, pumping in. Interestingly enough, wow, the end of January, it was reported that uh, the Fed is ending the term repo reflects liquidity fees for dealers because they're just going to print as much as you want. So this too, look at this flat line. And I've been going in there and I saw it's just a bunch of zeros. You have the links. The links will be on the blog if you want to see it for yourself. But, you know, just a bunch of zeros. I'm thinking, are they not lending any money in the repo market? No, they are. Because, uh, because it is reported here, but I could not find it. I could not find it in all my searches on the Treasury, over at the Fred. But I'm going to keep looking. Bear with me. There are some mysteries that God unfolded, and I want to get to the bottom of it. So I will keep digging. But some investors also turned to the Fed to obtain collateral, so the 10-year Treasuries, on Thursday, just this past with its reversed repo operation, seeing 2.1 billion in demand, up from half a billion on Wednesday. Demand in the facility increased last week as treasury volatility increased, peaking at 11.2 billion on Friday. I couldn't find where that was posted for public view. I, I mean, it's somewhere, I will keep looking. I could not find it and I really tried. I could not find it. Uh, now, Skirum, who is part, you know, he's in a brokerage firm that tracks all this stuff, said the Fed loaned $8.7 of its $10.9 holdings of U.S. 10-year notes on Thursday, easing the debt squeeze. So that's why you saw the interest rates contract, come down a bit, and then the stock market go on its next tear, because that's what people really pay attention to. Again... I don't know where they pulled these numbers from because I couldn't find it. They didn't give any links or any indications. I'm going to keep looking because we need to be paying attention to that. So just bear with me. I will figure this out. Because in the meantime, it is not because everything is getting so great. It's because all of that extra money that has been pumped into the system is beginning to make its way into the broader economy, right? And... Uh, look, they just passed the 1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. This is what, the third, fourth, fifth, 
whatever. I mean, there's been almost 20 trillion in new money pumped in just in the last year. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But this is in, this was an example in vehicles. So this was the 2020 average cost going into a new, of materials into a new vehicle, 1,823 bucks. And as of February, 2021, $2,982. Wow, that went up pretty substantially because platinum has gone up, steel, copper, aluminum, raw materials have gone up. And look, if you're going to a restaurant, if you're going to the grocery store, if you're, if you're doing anything, you have been paying more and more. This is inflation. Is it hyperinflation yet? No, but hey, Deutsche Bank just came out with a survey saying that for most of the younger people and going into the millennial generation, whatever they get as to stimulate the economy, half of it is going into the stock market. Something that happens all, every single time, 100% of the time, before a major market contraction is the naive public gets involved. It's going to be Tuesday at 8.35. Who knows? Who knows? I know I don't own any stocks, I guarantee. And here's Mark Zandi, who is part of Moody's, the, the uh, grading service. Investors haven't fully grasped inflation is dead ahead. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. And I thought this was interesting that just came out. Hyperinflation pushes Venezuela to print a hundred, a million Bolivar bills. But you know how much that million Bolivar bills are in terms of U.S. dollars? 53 cents. And that's their largest bill. It will introduce new large denomination Bolivar notes as hyperinflation renders most bills worthless. Guess what? That's already rendered worthless, isn't it? Forcing citizens to turn to the U.S. dollar for everyday transactions. Oh man, that's, what is that? The, the fire and the pan, for goodness sakes? Because we're not that far away from what is happening in Venezuela. I'm going to read this whole piece because I really want to be clear on this, especially in light of what I just recently did. Okay. President Nicolas Maduro has said he plans to move to a fully digital economy this year following three years of hyperinflation. That's more than that. But anyway, that have prompted the nation's mint to issue higher denomination notes that are quickly rendered all but useless. Inflation soared 3,000% in the last 12 months, according to whatever. In October, Venezuela imported banknote paper with plans to issue a 100,000 bill that quickly became outdated. It last issued new bills in 2019 after chopping five zeros of the previous bills in circulation in 2018, which is why they said that they've only been dealing with hyperinflation for three years. That's garbage. It was 2011 when they confiscated gold from the citizens. 
and mining companies, etc. And then shortly after that is when the hyperinflation kicked into gear. In 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, Venezuela had the best performing stock market on the planet as the currency lost all of its value. And they lopped off those zeros. The stock market went from here to here, and now it's building back up again because of the flippin' inflation. And that's what governments do. In lieu of real growth, they present inflation. And they say, look at all of this growth. Do not be fooled. Do not be fooled. There's only one thing that's gonna save you, and it's right here. Because this is inflation proof. The number of zeros that go after something are meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. It does not matter how many zeros you have. What matters is what you can convert this into. And the job of gold, well, it's got many jobs. But the key job of gold is to hold its value over time. That's what it does. One last thing that I want to leave you with. Let's see if this is going to work. This is the audio now. We see we're trying all sorts of new things because I want to make sure that you can get this stuff. If the wealth tax passes, go out and buy yourself some gold because people are going to rush to find ways of hiding their wealth. I so he's saying it just in relation to the wealth tax, but the reality is you better hide your wealth. You better hide it because they're confiscating it through inflation. Whether there's a wealth, what do you think all of this is? Are you really better off than you were? I mean, some of us are, it's a fact, but most of the people are not better off. And if, if all of your paper assets are inflated away to zero, what are you going to do to recoup on the other side of this digitization? What are you going to do? I say, go out and buy yourself some gold because people are going to rush to find ways of hiding their wealth. And look at this spot, this contract. You can see, oh, I should have put a line there. You can see it's, it's near a support level. It's a joke. It's cheap. It's free. It's easy. How easy is it to get your hands on this? Easy to do a contract. That's pushing a button. Boop. No effort at all. But this takes real effort. And it has the broadest base of functionality being used across the entire global economy and therefore it has the broadest base of buyer. That's why it holds its value because it's completely functional with the broadest base of buyer. That does not take rocket science to figure out. So this is going to be an interesting week. 
tomorrow I'm going to be on with Kenneth Amadori on Crush the Street. And it's been a while since um, I've been with him. So just stay tuned to the socials and we'll let you know when they're going on. And next week, I'm doing a coffee with Lynette with Lior Gans. So I'm not sure where he's going to be, probably in Israel, but he could be in London and maybe we can get some interesting perspective from him. But also next week, and I'm really excited about this, but we don't know when that's going to roll out yet either, do we, on the Stansbury? But I will be on with Daniela Cambone at Stansbury Research on Thursday, March 18th. So again, stay tuned to our socials, so we'll let you know when it's going. But I consider this piece that I did today extraordinarily, extraordinarily, extraordinarily important. You guys remember, if you've been watching me for a while, remember when they stopped uh, posting the interbank, the LIBOR rate, the interbank offer rate? When they stopped publishing this information, there's a reason. They're trying to hide something. In that case, it was because it was discovered that, you know, there was lots of fraud going on with that. Well, I don't think this is much different than that. And it makes me think that we are much, much closer to it. So without any doubt at all, please cover your assets. And here at ITM Trading, we do that with the Wealth Shield, which is composed of physical gold, physical silver, because that's what's going to protect you 100% of the time. You have always been able to convert any gold or any silver into any fiat currency, good or service. But you can't always convert the fiat currency into physical gold and silver. Do yourself a favor, get yourself covered. I don't know how much more time we have, but when they're bashing gold like this, right when things are seriously falling apart in the biggest Market in the world, 21 trillion treasury market, the foundation of the global markets. I got to show you this one more time. Please bear with me on this. There is a heart attack. We are, we are already having a heart attack. When do you want to know? Because I'd always rather be, I don't care, 10 years too early than one second too late. So until tomorrow... Please, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.